Moncrief on News Talk. Stuff that changed the world. The mobile phone. The internet changed the world. Penicillin, I would have thought. I would say sanitation. It changes everything. Simon Tierney joins us uh, once again. And obviously this is something that's in the news. But this is also something that really did change the world. The canal, very much so. We sort of think of them, I guess, nowadays as there for our own pleasure as we walk along with a coffee and enjoy looking Mm. at them. These empty canals around the Irish countryside and indeed through, through Dublin with the Royal and the Grand. But they were such significant archeries of trade, communication, everything like that, Sean. Um... The uh, just in the last few minutes while you've been on air, the evergreen, ever given, I should say, has been freed, which mm. is big news. Big news, uh, yeah. For for all the panicking uh, authorities down on the canal and the Suez Canal Authority, I'd say it's been a difficult few days. A fleet of fourteen tugboats managed to release it with the help, interestingly, of a particularly strong tide this evening. Right. Okay. Uh, that's what managed to lift it out. Okay. Well, that was good to know. But I, I, I'd love to know how many uh, uh, ships are queued up, were que- have been queuing up for the last six days behind it. We understand uh, just under four hundred, I believe, that's um, on either side. Yeah. And given how much how much stuff each of those can contain, that's how much stuff. And also, what I didn't realise, Sean, is because in the back of my head, I had this fantasy: can anyone just? rent a boat and go down the Suez Canal. (laughs) But I realised today with a little bit of research that the cost of one transit of the Suez Canal is $500,000. Wow! I did not know that. Well, when you consider how much... the, the the cost of the goods, the value yeah, of the goods yeah. on the Ever Given is probably tens of millions of dollars worth of goods. So, you know, it's all relative, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, but I, wonder, I wonder how that is. Is there like a gate? Uh, and and uh, they don't open it until you, you know, hand over the checklist there, kind of thing? Or, there or, is. And if it, says that you're, if it says that your card isn't validated, yeah. then you press a little button <laughs> and a man says, right, I'll be down to you now. Give me five minutes. Is it like McDonald's where you just beep a card? Uh, <laughs> and then what happens though if it doesn't work? Yeah, it's like behind the most you. expensive ticket, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you're not going to lose that ticket, are you? Right. So anyway, the first canals were were who who built yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. So I suppose we often think that the the Dutch might have been responsible yeah. for the first canal. They were in Europe in a European context, but the first canals were built by the Chinese. Not only were they building the first canals, but they uh, provided a lot of the technological innovation of the canals in terms of locks and things like that. The Grand Canal, um, not the Irish one, but the Chinese one, is the oldest and longest canal in the world. The first sections Hmm. of it were built in the 5th century BC, Sean. My word. Which when we think the Suez Canal was built in the 1860s, the Suez is a very, very new canal compared to the history of world canals. Now, it wasn't connected, the series of canals on the Grand Canal on China's, uh, in the eastern part of China. They were finally connected in the 6th century AD. Now, when I say they were connected, what that connection meant was 1,776 kilometres of continuous uninterrupted canal. And that is still there today. Mm. Is it still used today? Still used today. Yeah. Now, the obvious question is why was it built? It Mm. was built to move grain. So it links Beijing in the north, uh, well, uh, mid-north, with uh, Hangzhou, 
which is a, a very large city further south, um, almost 2,000 kilometres further south. So it was moving rice up to to Beijing and moving wheat south. But it was also a really important communication link, um, you know, for for building the economy and the, the political culture of, of China, of ancient China. So a really important um, canal, three million people to build it, of which they estimate about half of them died in the construction Good God. of this canal. Now, and, and apart from, as I understand, apart from inventing the canal, essentially, they also invented the lock. Yeah, so when we think of canal locks now, Sean, we think of the pound lock, which is the two-sided gate, which you open and you close mm. to let the water in and out. The first locks were called flash locks and these consisted of one gate which you opened very, very quickly and a flash of water came in or out and thus you were able to move to different levels on the canal. Of course, the level is a really... The differing levels between sea level and canal level is a major uh, engineering challenge for canal builders. Uh, interestingly, the Suez doesn't have any locks, unlike the Panama Canal, because the Red Sea uh, in the south and the Mediterranean Sea, there's only about 10 centimetres of difference in their height. Oh. So it's so negligible that they don't actually require locks, which means that you can move through the Suez pretty quickly. About 11 to 16 hours is is all it takes. That's Actually, Tom just texted in to say on, on, the, on the Panama Canal, when you're travelling from the Atlantic to the Pacific on the Panama Canal, you actually go west to east because of the angle of the canal. Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, the Panama Canal is is in many ways much more complicated piece of engineering mm. um because you you're traveling up a lot of different levels. Um so the pound lock they invented in the 10th century AD. Um so it's about a thousand years old. It uh immediately made this leveling, this canal leveling much more efficient because you could control the entry and the exit of the water between those sections. Right, okay. Now, in in Europe, when did we get in on the act? Yeah, so the French and the British uh, and the Dutch, obviously, on a smaller scale, they were the first to build canals in Europe. But the French really pioneered a massive canal scheme in the 17th century. And it was all down to the vision of one man, Sean, Pierre-Paul Riquet. He petitioned Louis Fourteenth in the early 1660s to build a canal which would connect the Mediterranean Sea with the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. okay. So this would allow traders to skip Spain and Portugal altogether. And it also meant, perhaps more importantly, above the efficiency of trade, that you could avoid the very scary pirates in the Straits of Gibraltar, which were the mm. the, the enemy, the terror of so many of these maritime um, sailors and merchantmen. Um, he got permission to do this and he built it between 1667 and 1681, so about 14 years. Um, it's interesting, what he did was he started the canal at Set, which is a big port city um, in the French Mediterranean, and that connects uh, through canal system to the city of Toulouse. And then on the West side of Toulouse, you have the Great Garonne River, and that goes all the way through to the Atlantic Ocean. So it's a very clever idea of using the river and an artificial man-made system 
putting them together and then you have an archery all the way from one sea to the other and you can skip the Iberian Peninsula. Right, okay. Is that, is that still there? It is indeed. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. Now, but at the same time in Europe, You'd, you'd associate Britain with canals or they, they seem sure. to use them a lot. The canals were really the backbone of the Industrial Revolution. Um, Sean, they predate the Industrial Revolution indeed. It was the 1760s when the Duke of Bridgewater very appropriately named man, um, <laughs> Francis Edgerton, he was only 25 years of, years of age when he completed Britain's first proper canal and that was in 1761 as I said it connected his coal mine in Worsley with the city of Manchester Sean and it meant that he wasn't using horse and cart to deliver coal to the the city of the metropolis of Manchester anymore overnight when that canal opened in 1761 it halved the price of coal Wow. Which That's just goes to show yeah. how the canal played such an influential role in the powerhouse of British economic rule um, around the world that it was suddenly able to, to move things very, very efficiently and very quickly. Yeah, and now we're, in Ireland we've had a canal system. I think we mostly use it now for, for drinking beside. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what is the biggest canal in Ireland? Yeah, um... That is the a oldest, good I question. I, I'm not sure if the Royal or the Grand is is longer, but certainly the Grand Canal is the oldest, Sean. It started to be built in 1756 and it was completed, took a long time to complete, 1804. Of course, connecting Dublin City with the Shannon River, with the River Shannon. Um, it was the Commissioners of Inland Navigation in Dublin. They commissioned or hired, I should say, a Dutchman, which is an obvious choice mm. considering the Dutch had such great experience in building canals. His name was Thomas Omer. He came over to Ireland in the 1750s and he built the Grand Canal. It was his vision, really, that did it. 44 locks, 79 bridges, and it uh, obviously became this really important archery for connecting the, the wealthy east coast of this country with the interior and bringing goods through. It's interesting, Sean, I should say before we finish, that when the canal stopped being used for transporting goods, which was in the very early 1960s, Guinness, of course, was one of the last to use it for, yeah. for moving their produce. Dublin Corporation decided that they were going to fill in the Grand Canal and they, they were going to build a road on it, mm. which in some ways makes sense. You've got a, a road right through the city and out to the suburbs and down to the country. Um, uh, there was consternation at this and there was a petition with 100,000 signatures to overturn this decision and that's why we're still enjoying the Grand Canal to this day. Indeed and, and it got something of a facelift I think uh, uh, after that as well. The, the, like the Suez Canal, how I mean and I did read a story at the start that, that you know, there actually might be now a, wa a toilet roll shortage because so many ships are queuing yeah. uh, on either side yeah. of this blockage. How much of the world trade is dependent on the Suez Canal? Yeah, it's significant. It's about 12% of global maritime trade but Crikey. it is decreasing in significance. Ah. Like even before this current crisis I think this current crisis will actually contribute to people to, to traders using it less and less. There were in the last few years, more and more ships deciding to go around the Cape of Good Hope anyway, which is what they've been doing for the last week since it got blocked. Ah. Because it is so expensive. It's half a million 
dollars. And also it's about making the decision whether it's worth it or not for and only for an extra seven days. It's not actually that much time that you're saving, is it? Yeah. I balance against the, the extra money it's going to cost. Few texts. A lot of people seem to know things about canals. Uh, initially, the Suez Canal was excavated by Darius, king of Persia, in 2500 BC. So wow. they've been uh, working on it a long time. Uh, you can just go through uh, the canal on smaller vessels. In the early 90s, I smuggled arms from Somalia up to a group of Corsican separatists in the Mediterranean. We obviously went through the Suez, always the most nervous part of the journey. Yeah, that's an... Ex- <laughs> <laughs> you win if there was a prize for uh, text of the day you win that prize bombshell. Uh, bombshell yeah I wonder who that was but I won't say any names uh, uh, what alarmed me today hearing the news uh, in relation to the Suez Canal was that the vessels with live animals are queuing that must be terrible in terms of animal welfare uh, says Sharon good grief yeah, yes no, there was a true. there was a, sh- a ship yesterday that was blocked Sean there behind the Ever Given it had thousands of sheep on board and 45 had already died because it's 34 degrees at the moment in the Suez Canal oh. and there's a huge amount of livestock backed up there yeah and uh, uh, Damien says um, uh, amazing to be driving through the desert in Egypt uh, with nothing but sand all around and out of nowhere there's a huge ship moving through the desert I was there in 2001 on my honeymoon that must have been indeed a hugely impressive sight Simon fascinating as ever thank you very much for coming into us Simon Tierney there Moncrief on News Talk.